What's up, guys? Before we get going, I want to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Right now, we've got just so many sports going between the start of the NFL season, the end of the NHL and NBA playoffs, college football and certain conferences kicking off. It's just awesome. It's an awesome time to be a sports fan. And, you know, you know what goes hand-in-hand with sports? It's obviously an ice-cold avalanche amber ale. Honestly, I can't think of a, a better combination than sitting in the Lazy Boy, watching football, kicking back, drinking an ice cold avalanche ale, just feeling like life is, you know, kind of normal at least, or as normal as it can be in 2020. If you're in the metro area, make sure you hit up the farmhouse. Really, really awesome outdoor dining experience that's socially distanced. It's nice, you know, just on the outside of the city so you don't have to worry about parking and all that. It's just really, really a great spot. Call 303-803-1380 from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can do pickup if that's more convenient for you. Use the code DNVR to save five bucks on your order. That's 303-803-1380. Finally, if you're like me, if you're up in Fort Collins, if you're anywhere else, you're not in the metro area, you can't hit up the farmhouse anytime soon, but you still want to support Breck, you still want to support us. Hit up the Drizzly app. You can get beer delivered right to you. You don't even have to leave your couch. Talk about Clutch. Shout out to Breck. We love them. Shout out to Drizzly. And shout out to all of you for listening to this podcast. Man, oh man, man. This is just a weird weekend. It still just feels so surreal. It, it, I'd come to terms with the fact that there wasn't going to be any Mountain West football this fall. Like, I get it. I mean, even even for the you know four or five weeks leading up to it, I, I kind of had a, a feeling deep down inside that that might be the decision they make, mostly just mostly out of monetary reasons and being able to afford testing and all that. But you know, so I, I knew it was coming, and and I and I got it. But it really just it it really set in differently this weekend. Waking up on Saturday morning and just realizing like shoot, man, you don't got to go to the stadium today. You don't got to get a fresh game day haircut. You know, you don't got to worry that your dress shirts are all ironed. You don't got to do anything. And it it just sucked. I, I really hated it, to be honest. It's, you know, late Saturday night when I'm recording this. I actually meant to record it this morning, but I honestly, man, I, just, I felt kind of depressed Saturday morning the, the entire time. It just it felt so weird. It felt so wrong to not have a football game to prepare for, to not have stats to comb through, you know, to not have all kinds of box scores and articles to read from the last year. It's just been, it's been so weird. I'm, I'm still reading about all the teams in the Phil Still preview just for a little sense of normalcy, to be honest, because at this point, I'm just I'm so used to having college football absolutely dominate my schedule for half a year that this entire process is just so foreign to me. I don't even I don't even know what to do with myself. Obviously, I still have content plans and all that and we'll get through it. You know, there's there's people going through a lot worse right now with everything that's happening with COVID and and racial injustice and god, the freaking fires in Colorado and California. It's it's just tough for everybody, but that to have that, you know, to, to lose the thing that we all love so much, which is obviously, you know, college football and, and getting to be a part of all that. It just, 
It's another body blow, man. It's just another thing that's that's punching us down in 2020. You know, Buffs fans, they can they can call me a homer or they they can mock my analysis or, or do whatever they want to do, but I think everybody knows that CSU was the better team going into this game. Phil Steele definitely did. I just oh, it stings, man. It's such a bummer. Just because now, you know, for the next couple of years, we're gonna have to just deal with, you know, Colorado fans bragging about a five-game winning streak and you know, brag away. You you've earned that right. It just sucks that CSU didn't get that chance on their home turf, man. I've never even I've never even experienced a Rocky Mountain showdown in Fort Collins. I'm a guy who's experienced just about everything when it comes to CSU, at least, you know, for the for the younger crowd, you know, some of you guys that were rocking with them in the 70s, 80s, 90s. You're the true Rams OGs, but if you want to look at the the millennials or whatever, I'm kind of the CSU guy, me and Jacob Hintzman. Shout out my boy, Jacob Hintzman and Micah. You know, we just, we've, we've kind of been through it all, but we were finally going to have that opportunity to, to get a home showdown. And it was just going to be so much fun for the fans. I think that's what, what really bums me out the most. I think you had a chance to really re, re-energize a fan base that for the last couple of years has just kind of been down in the dumps. You know, it's been a tough existence for CSU fans over these last couple of seasons. A lot of heartbreak, a lot of letdown, a lot of frustration when it comes to rivalry games. And I think a lot of people felt like with Warren Jackson coming back, with Trey McBride, especially once him and Manny decided not to, obviously this timeline doesn't exactly line up, but just, you know, imagine if you had all of these people coming back it's pretty safe to to feel like CSU would have been a pretty good team. I mean, you got an experienced quarterback in Patrick O'Brien. You got an offensive line that should be revamped. Got a ton of talent behind Warren Jackson at wide receiver, Dante Wright, Ty McCulloch, a lot of up-and-coming guys, Hurst. I don't know, man. I just, I just really feel like CSU was the more talented team. I think they would have had the home field advantage. It's just a bummer. Just a bummer all the way around. No, no other way to put it. And I'm, I'm not gonna drag on and on about this for, you know, weeks, months. It won't be a thing that I'll, you know, continually coming back to, because we got to move on. You know, at the end of the day, we got to move on. I see a lot of CSU fans tweeting that, you know, the Buffs forfeited the game, and I guess technically CU, you know, the Pac-12 eliminated non-conference play before the Mountain West. But I mean, <laughs> it's not like the Mountain West or CSU is playing either. You really want to claim victory that way? Like I think that's that kind of feels like a, a little brother mentality, in in my opinion. You know, I'm not I'm not trying to shit on anyone for for taking that approach or anything like that. I'm just saying, if you want to brag about beating CU, beat them on the field. You know, don't don't do the technicality approach. It's just it's kind of lame. I get it. You know, I'm like I said, I'm not trying to to just harp on anyone or anything like that. But I do think in this instance, you want to go with the D heart approach. And what I mean by that is you want to have the mentality of, excuse me, sir, you know, we are the Colorado State Rams and, you know, we can compete with anyone. You know, you should feel like CSU could beat them and that they will beat them the next time that they play. You don't want it to, to you know, for the next couple of years, be hanging your hat on the fact that technically the Pac-12 postponed their you know, non-conference play before CSU did. I just, I don't know. It, it doesn't seem like much to brag about, in my opinion. I'm not trying to take anything away from CSU fans. 
at the end of the day, you know, with with how hard it's been this year, with how hard it's been the last couple of years, I, I always preach that you do got to take the wins when they come, you know, take the small wins, appreciate the small things in life. To me, though, this just kind of feels like an instance where we just both sides are just going to have to accept the fact that it was unforeseen circumstances and we all got screwed by mother nature, I guess, you know, and it's just sucks. It sucks. That's the only way to talk about it. That's the only way to put it. But let's move on. You know, let's not dwell on it. Let's focus on the future. Hopefully bright things ahead to come for CSU football. Everybody wants to see them get back to a place where they're competitive, you know, where they're potentially, you know, going to win a conference or, you know, beating rivals, all that stuff. I think that there's a lot of talent in place. I think that there's some good things that will come, but just sucks we lost that showdown. All right, let's talk. Let's talk a little hoops. It's time for hoops. I miss basketball. Or I miss college basketball, I should say. The NBA has obviously just been tremendously exciting. As a Nuggets fan, this has just been such a thrill ride. I I'll admit it. I was I was completely out on this team when they went down 3-1 to Utah. I kind of felt almost like they had let us all down, you know, for buying in. I almost felt foolish for for believing they were, you know, a, a contender in the first place with how poor they looked in some of those games against the Jazz. Then they just completely <laughs> redeemed themselves, come all the way back, and, and we're in the series with the Clippers. You know, it's 1-1 at this point. Game three, Monday night. I'm I'm stoked. You know, I'm I'm stoked. I think that there's a I think there's a real chance the Nuggets should, you know, be able to sneak through. I get I get how talented this Clippers team is and they're they're the heavy favorites for a reason, but we saw a different we saw a different mentality with that Nuggets team in game two. I'm pretty intrigued. Anyways, let's let's talk Becky Hammond. Let's talk the basketball that we were supposed to talk. And really, whenever anyone gets hired, CSU fans online are kind of like, ah, you know, when's Becky going to get her shot? And trust me, I I totally get it. Becky does deserve a chance to be a head coach in the NBA. I I believe she will be. I, I you know, put money on it at this point. She, she will be a head coach in the NBA at some point. But I just kind of want to talk about why I think that it's maybe a a good thing that she's not going to get this next job. I don't even know if she was interviewed or not, but I'm I'm going to talk about why I don't love that spot for her and and where I would, you know, kind of like to see her end up in the long run. So, you know, just kind of kind of hear me out on that one. Let's let's talk it through. Let's talk about the the pros and cons of of her potentially if she would have got that that gig in Brooklyn. <laughs> that made absolutely no sense at all. What I was trying to say was let's discuss the pros and cons of the Brooklyn job, why I'm glad she didn't get it, and where I want her to end up in the long run. Sorry, words are hard sometimes. Before we break into that, though, got to shout out the homies over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Hey, it's Justin Michael telling you there are 100 million reasons why you should sign up with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. They're celebrating the return of sports by giving away up to $100 million in prizes to all their customers, including one lucky winner who will take home a $1 million cash prize. To claim your share of up to $100 million in instant giveaways, all you've got to do, download the app, sign up using the promo code DNVR, then enter the DraftKings free football survivor pool. 
Yes, it really is that easy to claim your share of up to 100 million in instant giveaways. Put yourself in the running to win $1 million. Super clutch, super fun. While the top prize is reserved for one lucky winner, everyone who signs up and enters DraftKings' free football survivor pool will receive an instant bonus prize of at least $5 in value upon entering. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code DNVR to claim your share of $100 million in instant giveaways and put yourself in the running to win a $1 million cash prize. That promo code DNVR to get your share of $100 million in prizes only at DraftKings. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms and conditions and restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Shout out to DraftKings. They are the best. Cool, 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 cool. Let's talk basketball, specifically the New York Nets, Brooklyn Nets, New York Nets, whatever. Becky Hammond and, and their decision to go with Jason Kidd. Now, first things first, before we even talk about Becky, the, the decision to hire Steve Nash bothered a lot of people. And, and I do get it from, from the perspective of there are so many talented, you know, up-and-coming black coaches that the organization could have considered. And, and, you know, that's a real point of emphasis over the last couple of years is to increase the amount of black coaches. That's something that we talked about uh, with Brandon Goble of JUCO Advocate. You know, it's, it's a huge problem at the collegiate level. Not quite as big of a problem at the NBA, but still, you know, just with, with how, how many players in basketball are black, the, the lack of black coaches is definitely problematic. And so when Steve Nash, a guy who has no head coaching experience, really has only just been, you know, kind of like a specialized as assistant with the Warriors gets the job, people are naturally a little bit skeptical. And, you know, I would say that's fair. I, I, I think that's totally a fair criticism of the hire. But at the same time, it's really, really hard to argue against Steve Nash's credentials as a basketball guy. I mean, a two-time MVP, eight-time All-Star, seven-time All-Pro, one of the most brilliant basketball minds of all time, one of the just most truly gifted point guards, one of the, the few players in NBA history that I could say when you put him on the court always made everyone around him better. I think CP3 kind of has that effect as well. But I mean, this is a guy that just gets basketball. And, and beyond that, he's a guy who has a really, really close relationship with, with Kevin Durant because of the work that they did together in Golden State. So, so when you think about all of that combined, it, it kind of makes a lot of sense. You know, in the NBA, the players have a lot of power. LeBron essentially gets to pick whatever, whoever's head coach at every stop that he gets. It wouldn't surprise me if KD was kind of, you know, going into the organization and being like, look, Nash is my guy. Let's bring him in. He, he knows basketball better than everyone. He was a player. He gets what it's like to be a superstar. You know, he, he can be the guy that helps us move forward. That would make a lot of sense to me. Personally, I'm, I'm pretty excited to see what he does with the job, what he's able to do with KD, assuming that KD comes back and, you know, is one of the top five players in the world like we were used to. I did want to just recognize the fact that some of the criticisms of the hire were fair. And that's most things, you know, there's there's usually pros and cons with anything. When it when it comes to Becky specifically, though, 
I just I don't love the Nets as a landing spot for her in the first place. And and I'm I'm not I'm not upset to see her not get that job. I guess that's what I'll say. You know, it's it's a spot where obviously you get to coach top talent. You've got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and and a really, you know, a really promising core, you know, Jared Allen and Didwinnie and some of these dudes, Harris, you know, they can play. The Nets are they're a team that everybody kind of counted out in, in the seating and the playoffs and stuff, and, and they played tough against everyone that they faced. It's an, it's, an, it's an intriguing spot from that regard. I just, I don't love it, one, because of the superstars. It's kind of a, a double-edged sword. Obviously, you get to coach top talent, but the minute that things go wrong, you know who's getting scapegoated for it? Becky. They're not going to move on from Kyrie. They're not going to move on from KD. And, you know, let's be honest, these are two dudes that are kind of historically a little bit moody, not always the easiest to coach, easiest to work around. The the KD thing with Golden State was super weird. He can be kind of an odd dude. And then Kyrie's, I mean, he's just a whole different situation. He's all over the place trying to corral those dudes. And that combined with the expectations of you know, expecting to be a contender. Cause let's be real. You don't spend that much money on those guys to just be, you know, an average run of the middle team in the East. You, you go out and get those guys, the expectations it's rings, you know, this, this is New York city, you know, it might be a Knicks town and, and you might not have quite the same pressure of trying to fill the garden, but it's still Brooklyn. This is an up and coming team, a team with two of the biggest superstars in the game. There would be a ton of eyes on them at all times. It would just be crazy. I mean, a media circus for sure. That's one of the things we used to joke about with CSU where, you know, even if like, let's say Becky actually wanted to accept the men's head coaching position with CSU. I don't even think CSU would have been able to contain the amount of media that would have been around for her. Now you put it in a city like Brooklyn with those superstars just amplify it times 50. I mean, it would be absolute chaos. It would just be a total circus. And I think that's a really, really hard situation to be in as a first-year coach, as someone who, if she were to be hired now, would be the first female head coach. And, and you know, that's that's a lot of responsibility in its own right. But I just, I want her to end up in a spot where, yes, she has talent, where she has players that can contend but also where she has an organization and a city around her that's you know not just going to swallow her whole whole. It's, it's such a crazy time to be a coach in the NBA. Look at Blatt and Cleveland or, or Ty Lue with the Lakers. I mean, these are guys that won games. They won and they still, you know, they still don't have a job. It's just insane to me. At the end of the day, I, just, I think it's going to be a lot more important that she ends up in the right spot than just getting the first available gig. You know, it's it's one of those things where th- there's going to be hurdles no matter where she ends up. And, and I'm not trying to say any of this in a demeaning way. I just think that there is a such thing as a winning culture. The Nets are not, you know, a poor franchise. I don't think they have bad ownership or anything like that. It's really more just about the media circus and everything that would come with it. But there, I think there is a, a situation where she could end up with a team that wins and also with an organization that has strong leadership that's not, you know, not a mess like the Knicks or something like that. And also, you know, has great fans and, and has a chance to be 
a contender without, you know, having to deal with some of the stuff that you would have to deal with in LA and New York. And I mean, honestly, even like Dallas and Houston, you could, if, if she took the, the San Antonio gig, for instance, which is, is where I would put as the number one spot for her to potentially land one, I think pop would help facilitate the transition. I think that would really help smoothen things over Two, I just think San Antonio is the perfect spot. This is a franchise that expects winning. This is a franchise that, you know, along with the Patriots, has probably been the most impressive American sports franchise over the last 20, 30 years. Just consistent dominance. I mean, to, to go to the playoffs as many times in a row as they did is just insane. But it's still, you know, it's, it's not New York. It's not LA. It's not Chicago. You're not going to have to deal with the same type of mess. Yes, there is a standard of excellence. There is... You know, people are going to expect you to win. You can't get the Spurs job and then just lose, especially if you follow up Popovich, who's a legend. And, and that's tough in a, you know, its own right. You could talk about why you wouldn't want the job because of that. But I just think that San Antonio is a much, much better spot than you know ending up with the Knicks, where if anything goes wrong, the media is just going to throw her to the wolves or Katie or Kyrie could get her fired if they don't like what she's doing. It's just, it's not a spot where I want to see her end up. I want to see her end up somewhere where they invest in the future and where they give her a couple of years to kind of build it up and, and as- allow her to establish her own culture, allow her to, you know, establish some of the things that she's learned from Popovich. A couple of the places that I actually, you know, low key could see her succeeding would be, you know, like Indiana, a place where it's, it's, it's a lot like San Antonio. You're expected to make the playoffs every year. Yes. The Pacers fans want to compete for titles, but I think they're, <laughs> kind of realistic about, you know, what, what your chances are going to be, you know, being in Indiana, I could see her succeeding in a place like Denver, you know, a place where the, the sports expectations are really high, but it's, you know, it's just not the same type of circus as some of the bigger cities. I keep coming back to that same point. You guys get it Uh, more than anything. I just, I want her to end up in an organization that will put her in a place to win and won't immediately use her as a scapegoat if things get tricky. Ultimately, there aren't a lot of teams that that this fits the cause. You know, the the pressure to win immediately is just, it's so different in 2020. I mean, look at the Sixers. They, they did all this stuff to do the process, and then they got impatient and essentially wasted six years because they weren't, you know, willing to let Hinky's entire plan play out. You just see teams make these rash decisions all the time. And I really just want to see her end up in a spot where they'll be patient, where they'll, you know, pay for players, where they'll expect to win, where they'll want her to win, but where they'll just be realistic. And I don't think that's I don't think that's the Brooklyn Nets. I really don't. Anywho, that's, you know, my two cents on the situation. We'll obviously all be rooting for her to succeed now and, and moving forward. It's just she's just such an awesome ambassador for CSU athletics, for the Rams. And, and just, you know, women's basketball, men's basketball in general, just one of the really cool figures in the NBA. So I, I have no doubts that she will end up, you know, as a head coach in the league. Let's let's just be patient, I guess. That would be my advice to everyone. Wait it out. She will get hired. We want her to get the right job, not the first job. Sound good? Cool beans. We're, uh, we're going to talk fantasy football and all kinds of stuff. It's going to be interesting fall. Obviously, we're going to have to change some things we will you know still talk college football especially when some of the bigger leagues kick off you know we'll talk gambling and all kinds of stuff whatever we have to but 
it's going to be weird, going to be weird, but we'll make it through. Uh, if you if you listen on iTunes, I'd really appreciate it. Or Apple, I guess iTunes isn't really a thing anymore. I uh, would you know love if you could give it a five star review, leave a comment. I'll read it out on the podcast. Uh, if not, you know, share it on social. I appreciate everybody that continues to support our work. Shout out to everybody that is a subscriber. We've got just some awesome stuff. You know, member beers. You can get discount on T-shirts. All kinds of cool stuff. Just a lot of great perks for being a member and. You know, at the end of the day, that's how you get access to all of our premium written content, which, you know, honestly, it's really great. You know, we have less college football stuff at the moment. You know, we'll still get creative. It's not like we're going to not talk college football this year, but there's tons of stuff from NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB. We've got you covered rugby. I mean, we really have got it all. So shout out to my creative team. Shout out to everybody I work with. Shout out to you guys and just stay safe out there. Thinking of all the firefighters that are trying to, you know, battle everything going on right now. Super scary out there. Just know that we really appreciate it. Peace. I love you all.